Hello, everyone. In this week's episode, you will hear about the influence of the Russian state channel Sputnik in the Baltics, how Lithuanian truck driving companies are threatening to move to Poland if Lithuania improves the conditions of their drivers, about Estonia's false image of an IT country, and why Latvians want early elections. I'm Anna Udre from Latvia, and this is the 21st episode of the Baltic Reports. We are three Baltic journalists behind this only English-language Baltic podcast. With me, Marian Menne from Estonia and Jill Skorwood from Lithuania. So if you like what you're hearing, please support us. You can donate through Fixer.press website. So what was going on in the Baltics last week? I will guide you through the news stories from the third week of November. Russia's state-owned outlet Sputnik has achieved quite a bit of success in the Baltics, and it happened thanks to Facebook. This is according to a Latvia-based digital forensic lab ran by the Atlantic Council. Just to remind you, Sputnik International is the network of online and radio outlets operating under the umbrella of the Kremlin-owned TV channel Rasiya Sivodnya, or Russia Today in English. It was established in 2013 by the executive order of the President Vladimir Putin. Sputnik's mission is to secure the national interests of Russian Federation in the information sphere, and it does just that. Its presence in the Baltics demonstrates the Kremlin's desire for restoring influence in the region. Facebook plays an important role here because the social media platform acts as the primary driver of traffic to each of the three Sputnik Baltic websites. The number of followers has been growing for each Baltic state's Sputnik Facebook page since they were created in 2016. It appears that Facebook pages engage a significant number of local audience, while the websites attract mostly readers from Russia. Sputnik's strategies for audience growth, retention and interaction are promoting short video clips and fake accounts to act as amplifiers for Sputnik material. To sum up, Kremlin is still able to use Sputnik to engage a small but active segment of the local Baltic audience, and it uses the media to spread narratives that are supporting Russia's foreign policy goals. This week in Lithuania Lithuanian trucking companies threaten to move their business to other countries if the government pushes them to improve the working conditions of their drivers. These companies force truck drivers to work in cruel conditions. Longer working hours than it's allowed, sleeping in truck cabins instead of hotels, and asking for 1,500 euros of a deposit before signing an employment contract. For instance, last week Belgian police fined one such company, Girteka Logistics, because its drivers admitted that they had been spending nights in their trucks for already two months. The mobility package, a set of European-wide rules, should make many of these abuses impossible. And yes, Lithuanian companies are doing what they can to stop it. Locally, the same companies are pushing the government to not adopt any rules of employment that would be better for drivers, as this would hurt their businesses. Last month, a consultancy agency working with the trucking companies announced that 60 Lithuanian transport logistics companies have already moved their businesses to Poland, and many others are preparing to do so. Lithuanian government is planning to adopt new regulations even before the mobility package will be ratified, and Poland then would become the new haven for Lithuanian exploitators. Over the last several years, Lithuanian trucking companies started operating in Europe and grew from a few thousand employees to around 80,000 drivers. Most of them now come from Belarus, Ukraine and Russia. 
Most of these companies are making big profits at the expense of the drivers, who in increasing numbers are turning to courts for protection of their rights all over Europe. Underpaid firefighters in Lithuania are to blame for one of the largest fire accidents in decades. Recently, a 2,000 square meters wide tire recycling factory burned down in one of the biggest Lithuanian towns, Alitus, and it turns out that the fire prevention service was not looking after its fire safety. It caused a lot of pollution of the several kilometers radius area with dioxins. The most serious consequences will be long-lasting health issues for the local population and problems for agriculture producers in the Alitus district. All this will turn into millions of euros of damages. The investigation of the fire causes published on November 22nd shows that it was a result of long-lasting negligence and underfunding. Only a few days earlier, 50 firefighters had staged a protest outside the government building. Protesters announced that firefighters in Lithuania may not get paid in December because municipal services may collapse without adequate funding. Even if they did get paid, some of them, namely firemen in the municipal sections, earn only 430 euros a month. The average salary of a firefighter in Lithuania is a bit higher than 600 euros, which is still a pretty small amount. Government has made a promise to increase the salaries, but firefighters don't believe that it will actually happen. The service lacks around 15% of employees and firemen are not able to fulfill all their duties. With the support of the European Union, Lithuania has recently enhanced its firefighting gear and stations. But nobody is taking care of humans who have to survive on the brink of poverty. This week in Estonia. Estonians created Skype over 15 years ago. Even earlier than that, in the 90s, all the Estonian schools were connected to the Internet. This is how the image of Estonia as an IT country was born. But the reality didn't catch up with a dream over the years. At least this is what the list of Estonia's biggest companies shows. According to data published in Postimes, Estonia doesn't have any large and profitable IT companies. The few successful Estonian companies who do well in the IT startup world move to other countries as soon as they can. So the list is filled with mainly petrol, transit and trading companies. This hasn't changed within years since Postimes created the list called 100 Estonian Big biggest companies. The three companies with the biggest revenue are a shipping company Tallink, a public energy company Este Energia and a communications equipment company Ericsson. At the same time, one of the best-known Estonian startups at the moment is TransferWise. The company providing online money transfer service won the most prestigious awards in the field, the UK Tech Award, far away in London. TransferWise is now registered in the UK and therefore officially is a British startup. So what's left in Estonia then? While the rest of the world is looking into more innovations, Estonia seems to be stuck in the 90s, at least based on the list of the biggest companies. Petrol transit and logistics, this is what dominates in Estonia today.
Estonia is one of the northernmost countries without Arctic territory, but it is taking its first steps to change that. Estonia is now seeking to become an Arctic Council observer, Estonia's foreign ministry announced. One of the main motivations for applying for this status is security issues, but Estonia also has economic and scientific interests in the region. This includes fisheries, logistics and green technology. Estonia's previous foreign minister Urmas Pajat is currently a member of the European Parliament active in Arctic issues. Pajat said that melting of the ice cover is providing access to new oil and gas deposits in the Arctic and the exploitation of these will also lead to potential tensions between countries. If Estonia will be accepted, it would join the 13 other states and 26 organizations that have already been admitted as observers. Observers are invited to the Arctic Council meetings and they can make contributions in the working groups. A decision about whether to grant Estonia observer status will be made by the eight member states during the Council's 2021 Biennale meeting. This week in Latvia. As we reported previously, doctors and nurses protested and demanded higher salaries. But now small marginal political groups and Kremlin supporters have started using this protest to create chaos. Usually Latvians aren't very active when it comes to protesting or signing petitions. But this week, in a few days, more than 30,000 people were mobilized. They all signed a petition asking for the current parliament to step down. But who's behind these events? A few weeks after the medics started protesting, an association called Power to the People of Latvia, together with a radical political party, Center Party, registered an official initiative asking for dissolution of the parliament. The leader of the association is an editor of a webpage called Protestidar.lv, which disseminates Kremlin-supporting views and messages discrediting Latvia. The political group Center Party ran for the European Parliament with Eurosceptics at their forefront, but received less than 1% of support. The call for early elections was broadly reported on by Russian media, among them Kremlin mouthpieces Vesti Sivodnya and Sputnik Latvia. Currently, more than 36,000 signatures have been gathered. If a tenth of population support the early elections within one year, then there will be a referendum held. Experts are saying that these events show the strength of populism, but at the same time the public anger is quite logical due to the parliament failing to fulfill their promises. Since regaining of independence, Latvia has held eight referenda. The cost of moving towards net-zero carbon emissions may reach billions of euros. This was said by a representative of the Environment Protection and Regional Development Ministry at an international forum on environment on November 21st. The exact amount is not known yet, but hearing that the cost might reach billions of euros is concerning. At the same time, the ministry says part of the funding might be received from the European Union. In Latvia, like in other countries, there are warmer than usual autumns and snow on Christmas is seen as a distant memory. The climate change is expected to have a significant impact on economy, infrastructure and society. 
By 2017, compared to the so-called base year 1990, Latvia's emissions have decreased by 57%, and the main sources of emissions are the energy industry, transport and agriculture, which make a big part of the Latvian economy. The European Commission's goal is to reach climate neutrality by 2050. These were the main news stories from the Baltics from the third week of November. If you have any suggestions or tips, don't hesitate to reach out to us. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook or Twitter. You can do that by looking for fixers.press. Thank you for listening. Until next week.